Hello, I'm Bruce Lane from GTI Energy. I'm the Executive Director and CEO. Uh, GTI has in situ recovery uranium projects in Wyoming. Uh, we've been working away for the last two or three seasons and we're about to embark upon our latest round of drilling at our flagship Low Herma project. Uh, Gissi, Bruce, um, the first time you've been on the show and talked about uh, your, your projects, and uh, thank you very much for joining us, especially uranium, very topical at the moment, uh, and also Wyoming, very topical at, uh, topical at the moment. But before we kind of get into, like, can you give us a little bit of background on you? Where, where, where have you come from? What have you done? Yeah, look, I've spent the last 20 years um, working with junior resource co companies for the most part, working on acquiring projects, um, funding them and uh, running a couple of ASX listed companies. I spent my first uh, time with Uranium was uh, back prior to Fukushima with a project in South Korea, Daejeon, and then uh, I've been involved in the Northern Territory uh, and always had a very firm belief that uh, Uranium and nuclear power made a lot of sense from a first pr principles uh, energy density point of view. And so uh, I've been waiting for an opportunity to get back involved and uh, I think the time has obviously arrived. It, well, that it has. We're seeing, we're seeing lots of um, new companies springing up, but mostly because it's sort of driven by the, I guess, commercial imperative that, that governments are seeing um, as well. But um, just before we do, when did you pick up this asset, you know, um, and why the, U, why the US? Why is that the best place to be with developing an asset? Yeah, Matt, we, um, well, I, along uh, with some co-investors, uh, we're looking at uranium back in uh, 2018, and really, you know, that thematic around the energy transition and, uh, and net zero uh, had gathered a lot of a lot of steam, and it was pretty clear that right, you know, right back then, it was pretty clear that uh, nuclear power was going to have its place in uh, in that future, and so we uh, found some projects initially in, in Utah through some uh, contacts from a previous life, and then. We were always looking for in situ recovery projects, and uh, and and particularly in Wyoming. Then it eventually, um, through some other contacts and through our uh, geological consultants, came across um, some great ideas around the Great Divide Basin. And then beyond that, um, once again through conversations and contacts, uh, we found the Low Herma project in the Powder River Basin. Uh, so those um, those assets, I mean, exploration. Uranium exploration uh, pretty much anywhere in the world, but particularly in the US, was uh, deader than a doornail um, for a long time. And so uh, no one was really interested in these projects, um, and we could see the potential of them. Given the neighborhood, you know, right next to UR Energy that's back in production, just down the road from Rio's projects, Cameco, Energy Fuels, uh, UEC. Uh, and so we, we moved on them. I guess the backdrop to all that, though, was just the knowledge that the US, being the largest nuclear power generator in the world and the largest buyer of uranium, um, wasn't producing any. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't just us, it was um, the Department of Commerce that could see the issue with that going forward. And they published a paper back in 2019, pointing out loud and clear that there was uh, a strategic issue for the US. And that was before... Uh, what had happened in Ukraine with uh, Russia um, was even you know, a consideration. So uh, all of those factors played together um, for us to believe strongly it was the right thing to do at the right time in the right place. Right, okay. And you've got, um, okay, so you've got three assets in, in Wyoming, but Lahoma is, I guess, the, the, the flagship. And 
in all of this. So um, tell me a little bit more about the the asset that you've picked up there. Was there is there historic data? Um, has, has there been any work done on it? You know, so or are you starting from you know blank sheet of paper? Yeah, well, look, that was the attraction. Is there's been a mountain of work done on it, done on it back in the seventies and eighties, uh, and we, so we picked up a drill hole database with uh, around seventeen hundred drill holes, and of those, um, we were able to stake uh, what we thought was the best part of that, um, which uh, which which allowed us to to cover about eight hundred odd of those drill holes. And so from that, we actually had the paper logs. We were able to scan them, uh, digitize them, and then pull them into a Jork uh, 2012 database, so a modern database. So we were able to do that um, within a few months. Uh, And then since we did that, we've flown some geophysics um, over the ground and done the ground truthing and got the permitting, um, and we're about to drill. Are you about to, like literally about to drill? Yeah, so we declared a resource of... 5.7 5.7 million pounds of an average grade of around 630 ppm, which we know is production grade in both the Powder River and the Great Divide Basin. That's perfectly viable for um, for production. Um, and so, and from that, we were able to determine where we thought we might like to drill. And so, that drilling, you know, as I say, we were we're now permitted, um, bonded. Um, we've got the driller lined up, and we just. You know, it's just that final day that we're going to be on the ground. It could be this week. It could be next. Okay, what's that? Tell me. Tell me about the come back to the commercial. But see, so five point seven million pounds at average of, of six thirty ppm. Um, you, so you gave a couple of examples of what's perfectly commercial. I think you, you yeah. said. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. I just want to understand. Want to understand it in the context of you know other projects out there. Yeah. Look, if you look at the neighbouring projects in both the Great Divide and uh, and in the Powder River Basin, there's a range of grade being produced from, and that's. You know, around sort of the 400s up till somewhere as high as um, 1,000 or 1,100 or even slightly higher. Um, so it's really a case of what the grade thickness is um, and what the porosity is of the projects as long as they're, you know, the depth is appropriately far enough below the water table. Um, so we know that the um, setting that we have, you know, looks positive to be commercial. We've got work to do, obviously, and it's only an inferred resource. Uh, but we've also got an, an expiration target there of an additional t- ten million pounds if we hit the top end of that range. Um, so we feel it's got the scale and the sort of uh, um, uh, a grade to be able to to be produce a producing asset in the right conditions. I think there are you know if you look at Shirley Basin, which is UR Energy's project, it's I think it's eight point eight million pounds with six point four million pounds of recoverable uranium. They've got a slightly better grade there, I think. I, I'm not an expert on their project, but you know, it's certainly of the ilk of a project that uh, at that scale is uh, is developable. Right. Okay. And and just talk again for people who are perhaps coming into uranium afresh, or you know, certainly coming to your story afresh. Um, the ISR component in Wyoming, we've seen a few. I think I know the answer here, but we've seen a few ISR um, company projects with us uh, companies with assets in Wyoming. It's ISR is. Clearly, you've just had permits to drill. In terms of getting into production, do we see any sort of red flags coming down the line? Nothing specific, in ter- or sorry, general in, in terms with um, with ISR. In, in Wyoming, uh, not all of the projects, most of them uh, use an alkaline leach, and that's been permitted in Wyoming since the 70s and 80s. Now, recently, obviously, Peninsula um, switched uh, the Lance project across to, to acid, and that was the first acid leach, I believe, that was... Um, low pH leach that was approved for ISR in Wyoming. So, you know, we know there's a path through to permitting. I mean, it, it does take time for sure, and it does take the people. And 
and all those things. But uh, there appears to be, um, you know, a, a real uh, support and uh, a pathway through to permitting for these projects, which, you know, whilst still onerous, is not nowhere near impossible. Right. Okay. And if I'm looking at the the amount of companies that in Wyoming is obviously obviously UBC's are. Um, you know, energy fuels there. You've you've got um, Canica even there, uh, and yourselves. And I think recently Nuclear Fuels as well. This um, yeah, this spin out from Encore. There's a lot of a lot of companies coming into Wyoming, like with like I, I, I suspect a, an expectation that they will be able to get in production to feed into this U.S. demand that you're you're, you're well, talking about the shortfall that you're talking about. It, how, what's what's your end game here? It, is it just going to set yourself up for? Because clearly it feels like a, a roll up. Would be most sensible um, in 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 Wyoming and rather than lots of small companies. And what what's your end game? Look, uh, yeah, look, we we're trying not to get too far ahead of ourselves. I think clearly we need to um, prove that there's an asset there of value, uh, and that gives us you know that gives us our future. Um, and look, I do agree that consolidation has already been taking place in the industry, and I don't. Uh, see that changing going forward. I think there's the real possibility of further consolidation. I mean, uh, there there is um, there isn't a surplus of people who know how to do these things. And so the good teams should necessarily or should logically um, have the best assets to work with. So, you know, I think uh, it is an industry where people do, well, companies do talk to each other and do work together to a certain extent. It's not always plain sailing as Peninsula discovered with UEC, but um, but there is a track record of the industry um, working together and these assets do lend themselves to that. So we know that if we were to work for say work with say UR Energy, the fact that they're already a licensed and permitted uh, would accelerate the progress of, you know, bringing those assets or our assets into commercial art into commercial reality. So, you know, that's we've got an open mind to that, uh, obviously. Um, but having said that, the path to development's not an impossible one. The capital capital for these projects um, is is manageable. You know, we we think that you know, say seventy five million dollars or thereabouts may be a number that you can work with to get up a million pound a year project over ten years. Now, those are obviously just spitballing numbers. We have done our homework, but we can't publish that homework in the public domain under the Jork rules. But you know, we have. We have we have worked with that, and we are investing with the confidence that um, you know that there's a commercial um, outcome potentially here. Right. Okay. And and say, well, let's get back to the drilling. Um, you, you've got a resource, right? You, you know what the yep. grades are. Why are you drilling? What are you drilling f- um, to find out? Oh, uh, yeah. This uh, th- I guess three core components. To that one is that the the database that we used. Um, you know, the, the drill logs are from. Uh, back in the 70s and 80s. So whilst we are very confident with those drill logs and they're of high quality, we've got to verify those. And so we're doing some twinning to make sure that those holes do stack up to scrutiny. Um, We strongly believe they will, but we've got to produce that information under the jerk rules. Um, The other thing is we want to test um, some trends uh, and and at some depth for uh, additional mineralization. So we've got uh, plenty of roll fronts interpreted on the project through the to the north and the south, and and you know they they do curl around a bit. So, uh, but we've also got uh, a formation below us called um, the Fort Union Formation. Now, the historical drilling was down to only about three or four hundred feet. So, 
that's uh, that's in the Wasatch, principally in the Wasatch Formation in, in Wyoming, which is also a very productive formation. Um, you know, took for our neighbours, but importantly, Cameco, about ten miles to our east, is producing out of the Fort Union, and so we want to test the Fort Union. We know there's some mineralisation there because we've got some historical holes, but we uh, we really want to get stuck in and uh, and just see what's happening at depth because that'll make that potentially make quite a big difference to to the resource. Uh, so those are those are the key reasons we're drilling, uh, and then you know I think fundamentally we'll look to use that data to set ourselves up for the drilling campaign next year, um, probably the back end of next year if we if we get everything right, uh, and hopefully we'd start to work towards a, a preliminary economic, economic assessment. Right, okay. And obviously the, the market's quite good for uranium companies at the moment, and I think money seems, well, reasonably okay to find. Uh, it's a question of what, what, is, what that costs you. Um, it's... it's yeah, I just, I just, think, so I just think it's a really sort of inter- interesting time to be a, a, a uranium uh, explorer slash developer um, at, at the moment. Um, can you kind of give us a sense of you know, um, with regards to the current drilling, how much you're spending on that? Is I, I know we know what the outcome you, or outcomes that you're looking for is. You know, do you expect to get then go to market and then maybe sort of you know up, up the um, ambition, the the scale of um, getting out to this because timing the market seems to be the thing of the moment. ISR is, yes, it's cheaper. Yes, it's kind of quick, quicker to production. Um, and yes, it's the, the, the margins are, are, are good compared to that kind of hard rock stuff. Um, do, do, you, do you think you've got to try and work out how to time this? Are you kind of gauging the market, the sentiment at the moment uh, in terms of the plan? Yeah, look, I mean, we, we're always uh, looking at the environment for Investment investors and investing and and for raising capital for sure, you know we're uh, we're a long way from cash flow in in one sense. Um, so we rely on raising money uh, to fund our activities. And you know we've we've been through a couple of these false um, false summits uh, with uranium more than more than one over the years. Um, we didn't just start doing this last week, so um, it is tricky sometimes to be raising money. And at the right time, you know, and and having, you know, we, we need to show progress and and to demonstrate that we can actually execute. So, you know, that's what we're really focused on is trying to uh, get the best bang for our buck in terms of delivering outcomes and results. And, you know, the, the great thing about having all the historical information is that allows you to make a lot of pre- progress very, very quickly. And we think that, um, you know, that data would have cost us something in the order of, you know, 15 a million bucks, maybe even slightly more, and taken, you know, a few years to deliver. So, you know, we look at our portfolio of projects, and you know, we've got good projects in the Great Divide Basin. We've got quite an interesting project at Green Mountain. We'll have some geophysics out and be able to talk more about that soon. Um, but they require, they obviously require drilling. Whereas, you know, Low Herma, we've been able to look at a budget of drill for drilling of say, you know, closer to half a million US. Uh, rather than say five million US um, to bring our inferred resource um, up in confidence and hopefully extend it. Now, I, you know, you always want to spend a bit more uh, to see if you can deliver more pounds, and that's all. You know, that that that's the, you know, that's the challenge is uh, how much to leave in the tin. And so, what we're trying to do is be prudent about it and do it in a stepwise fashion. Um, and and so that we, you know, depending on what's happening with the capital markets over the course of the next 
you know, three, six, nine, twelve months. We just have to keep a weather eye on on where we're going, where we might end up if, for some reason, you know, we're not able to raise money um, as easily as we would hope. Right. And do you think this historic data does you a favour? I think there's always a danger in spaces like this, and we saw it in the last cycle as well, where you have a lot of kind of people sort of jumping on the bandwagon and <clears throat> just going along for the ride. Don't have, don't have to, don't have to do too much. Don't have to know too much, but you know the market kind of sweeps you along because it's all the same stuff, right? Yeah. In terms of that historic data, does that help differentiate you? Does it help, I guess, your message that this is a real company and we are trying to really get into production and we're not just here for market sentiments? I mean, how how do, how do you compare yourself to some of the other new entrants? Shall we say? I know you've been at it a while, but effectively a new entrant. Oh, look, I think um, I absolutely agree that it, it it creates a point of difference, and it does give us, uh, you know, I guess a legitimacy to some extent that we have that, you know, that asset, um, the ground combined with the data, and and a story around it that satisfies the the disclosure requirements, you know, uh, and it and it does. I mean, you know, you do hear people saying, oh, you know, the, well, the pounds in the tap ground story doesn't get you very far, but it gets you further than most pastures. So, um, you know, we, we're not a developer at this point. We're not um, raising our capital for uh, to build the plant. Um, you know, we want to be where um, Peninsula is and where UR Energy is, or at least, um, you know, proving up an asset that is attractive uh, to those, those guys, whether it's an Encore or a, an Energy Fuels or a UEC. You know, our asset needs to stack up to scrutiny and and be at least within their consideration if they were going to buy something, and that will tell us that it's worth developing. Um, you know, we'll, we have our own objective measure of that, but ultimately the market is the market, and and we can think we've got the crown jewels, but it has to look attractive, you know, in general terms. So that's uh, and we think that we have got a head start uh, on that, a big head start, um, and uh, and you know, with the uranium price where it is and you know, hopefully set to go higher. We think the conditions are great for the company. I think they are too. I think they are too. Um, well, look, Bruce, um, look, appreciate you kind of coming in and sort of showing that kind of overview um, with us. I wouldn't mind hearing from you when you start to understand what's coming back from the drilling and if it does actually confirm the, the historic data or what, what you um, have seen through the historic data as well. So um, stay in touch. Yeah, great. Thanks for uh, having me on, Matt.